0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والحمد لله رب العالمين نحمد الله ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا فإنه حقا من يهد الله فهو المهتد ومن يضلله فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا ونصلي ونسلم ونبارك على محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وعلى من اتبعه بإحسان إلى يوم الدين of information. We live in a frenzy of data and claims and counterclaims. And it is often Difficult to navigate through the seismic activities of data that come like just floods, endless floods. But it is precisely in times like this where, going back to the very roots and the origins of things, where it becomes particularly pressing and imperative. Because, as we've said in numerous times before, your anchor and your solid base is your relationship with Allah. If your relationship with Allah is sound, built on sound foundations, then you are able to wither away the flux of things, the trends, the fashions, the various intellectual pretenses that human beings are prone to in one way or another. But is there if the relationship to Allah is flawed, then The impact of the opinions and whimsies of human beings falls upon you in a very different way. It is like the difference between a person whose character and personality and state of consciousness is built upon self confidence. Not arrogance, but confidence. A person who is confident, who has a strong sense of being, is impacted by social trends in a very different way than a borderline personality that is not quite sure what he or she is all about and therefore goes back and forth with different social orientations and social trends and who does not really have an autonomous state of consciousness but has a completely derivative state of consciousness completely derived from either physical, material habits that gives that person a sense of identity or derived from social attachments and dependencies that also give this person a sense of identity. The heart of Iman, the heart of Iman, as I've stressed, and many times is liberation. The heart of Iman is that your dependencies and your contingencies and your sense of awareness comes through a state of grace through a direct relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with God And as the Prophet is reported to have said, a person who knows himself knows his God. Or whoever knows himself, comes to know himself, comes to know God. The state of self-consciousness is critical. today i focus on surah an-nur translated into the surah of light in the quran it is one of the chapters in the quran that deserves to be studied and reflected upon and has been studied and reflected upon particularly and as we will we'll talk about in a bit the middle of the surah. The surah has a very interesting structure. It starts out addressing social challenges of rather very sensitive type at the beginning of the chapter. It starts out by addressing hadith al-ifq, an incident in which there were rumors about the prophet's wife, Aisha And from there, it goes on to address slander, punishment for slander. Adultery or fornication, zina, in in the Quranic discourse, either, Um, and addressing the punishment, and then goes on to talk about specific social and cultural challenges that confronted the Muslim community at the time of the Prophet. After doing so, it then moves to the topic of light. And then after talking about the topic of light and the truth of what God is. And then after doing that, it ends by taking its audience back to following the example of the Prophet now particularly in Surah An-Nur when it talks about we have here one of these ayat one of these verses that Occupied generations of Muslims. A single area where you can spend an entire lifetime reading just what was written about the single area in the Islamic tradition. Imam Hamad al Ghazali, for instance, wrote an entire book called The Niche of Lights, which has been translated to English about inspired by this ayah. Ibn al-Farid wrote a very famous epistle on the same. Ibn al-Arabi wrote at length about this ayah. And the ayah is very famous in the entire Islamic civilization. Not only did it inspire numerous works, but it also inspired art and architecture, and even inspired the lamps that you often see in mosques, and so much Islamic calligraphy. So here is the end. Allahu nuru samawati wal ard مثل نوره كمشكات فيها مصباح أم مصباح في زجاجة الزجاجة كأنها كوكب دري يوقد من شجرة مباركة زيتونة لا شرقية ولا غربية يكاد زيتها يضيء ولو لم تنسسه نار نور على نور يهدي الله نوره يهدي الله لنوره من يشاء ويضرب الله الأمثال للناس والله بكل شيء أليم Allah, God, is the light of the heavens and the earth. The similitude or the parable of God's light is as if there were an niche wherein is a luminary, luminary or a lamp. There's a reason that the translators here choose the word luminary and I'll explain a second. The similitude of God's light is as if if there was a niche wherein is a luminary. The luminary is in a glass. The glass is as if it were a planet glittering like a pearl, lit from a blessed olive tree, neither of the East, nor of the West, whose oil is almost luminous, although no no fire touched it, light upon light, God guides to God's light, whomever God pleases, and God sets similitudes for people, and God is all-knowing of all things. The first part, God is the light of the heavens and the earth. That, just that phrase, is something that you pause with, you pause at. God is the light of the heavens and the earth. God's light is as if a niche, a wick, and a glass. Now, w- w- there's no way we can do justice to this area in a, in, a, in a khutbah, because as I said, people have written enormous amount on it. So, But a niche, a niche is a, 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 an area uh that a, a space in a wall uh like um, um you see it in old or even Moroccan homes uh, till today it used to be very common and where you you have like a, a little indenture in uh indented area in the wall where you supposed to put lamps, so it's like a little niche, and within this niche. Is obviously an area set for light where you're going to put your lamps but then the parable goes that you have a wick and surrounded by a glass but this wick is fed by a pure oil an oil that is neither affected by sunlight and in fact an oil and a fire that is not subject to the laws of earth, it is neither east nor west, and the oil itself is luminous, and the wick itself as if it lights without a fire, all placed within glass, so that in effect the, the, the glass coming out of this lamp upon which is light, the light coming out of this lamp, upon the light of the self-illuminating oil is light upon light. So in other words, it's a self-sustaining, unfed, a light without origin, a light that does not depend on a source of power in order to shine and illuminate. A light upon light that fills the heavens on the earth. Now, Muslim commentators and theologians, Sufis and non-Sufis, go on at great length about what is meant by a niche, what is meant by the wick, and what is meant by a glass, what is meant by an oil, by the self-illuminating oil. Are these parables that refer to the human heart versus the human intellect? Do they refer to the physical body versus the spirit? Does it refer to the role of the Prophet and the role of the Qur'an in the heart of a Muslim believer, and so on and so forth. You can read endless volumes about Surah al-Nur and Ayat al-Nur in particular, and what these references mean. But my journey with this verse didn't come from all the texts that I've read. And if you want to get a sense um, of, just a, a little sense of, of the various writings about this one particular verse, the um, uh, the translation of the Quran um, that was done, uh, what are they called? The blue one. The, the study Quran. Uh, they have a footnote on this particular verse, and if you just read the footnote, you'll get a taste of all the the the, the dense literature that was published about this verse. But you can read all this literature and end up with, in the, with the conclusion that there, there are simply different interpretations, different point of, points of view that understood this verse at, at various levels of complexity. My relationship with this verse didn't come from reading all these texts over the years. You do not get a sense of what it means, nur ala nur, Allah is light upon light. Until you worship Allah and plead with Allah for Allah's love, meaning ask God for love, with all sincerity and with all your heart. This is why Allah tells us that that who Allah does not give the light the gift of light to indeed will not have light. Light is something that we all experience that permeates every part of our life in every sense of the word. Even in the heart of darkness, our very innate nature is to be comforted by some light. In nature, we see the way that creatures hover towards light and seem to celebrate light in its very dance. I was once sitting in in my den reading something and in comes a beautiful butterfly. It was night. It was, in, in fact, well after midnight. And a butterfly just comes hovering in. The, the poor butterfly was just seeking the light because the, the light was on and the it was completely dark outside and it just kept staring at this butterfly. And I carried the butterfly out and it flew back in because of the light. Eventually the butterfly died. I didn't kill it but it it seemed to just go after the light and and maybe it knew it was, it was time I, I don't know SubhanAllah it was a very beautiful butterfly that, and I just kept reflecting on the nature of the, the, the nature that ties an entire creation was light we really don't know what light is, we experience it we measure it we are able to reproduce it without, or to generate it, to, to, to use energy, to and use tools to have light reflect, but we don't really understand it. We don't really understand why nothing, fly, go, nothing travels faster than the speed of light, and if anything travels at the speed of light, it becomes light. Later science then tells us that, well, in many ways all matter and all energy are but variations of wavelengths and as if variations of light. It reminded me of Ibn Arabi's comment on this particular ayah, who said that if you reflect and pray on this particular ayah, this particular verse, you realize it comes to you as a gift of grace, that the only reality is the reality of light. Now, of course, Ibn Arabi is writing centuries before we're even able to put this in scientific terms, and that's why sometimes it really does blow your mind. He says that in its everything in matter in its purest form would become light. If you if everything in matter realizes its full potential, it would simply become light. But everything in existence is, is, is this light in in, an unenergized form. So, chairs are light but in an unenergized form. Of course, today we know that if you put a chair on fire, you change its energetic nature and will, in fact, transform. And if you heat it strong enough, then you will heat up the molecules and get them to change their 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 nature and change their wavelengths. So in in a scientific way, Ibn Arabi was right, although he was not writing science. What is what the point he was making is that everything that comes to its true divine nature becomes true light, and as it as it travels away from its divine nature, as it distances itself from its divine nature, it becomes something other than light. And Ibn Arabi's theology, which again he expounds in commenting on this verse, that evil in its very, evil itself is but nothing but the absence of light. In other words, the more you drift away from Allah's light, the more you return to as if cold, inanimate, dead matter. The more that you are beset by decay and deterioration away from the divine light. Going back to Surah Al Nur, it starts out expounding laws, addressing social problems. But we visit that chapter in the Quran and reflect on it. Then, after addressing these social problems, many of them quite unpleasant slander, fornication, adultery false accusations etc etc m- marriage sexual relations it then moves on to to tell you that light god is the heavens of the light and earth and that god is light upon light and that god that nearness to god is nearness to light and that God is ever-present in the same way that light is ever-present, but that you can block out the light and let the darkness set in in the same way that you can close off the light in your life. You can lock yourself in an area where you re- refuse to receive the gift of light. And then after that, this course, it, the, the Surah An-Nur, addresses specifically the example of the Prophet والسلام, telling believers follow the example of the Prophet and that's the end of Surah Al-Nur as if Allah is telling us yes there are these social problems But, and this is the way I've always understood Surah Al-Nur, although what I'm saying doesn't, you won't necessarily find in any tafsir. You have these regulations and the laws that arose from specific problems, even at the time of the Prophet, ﷺ. So even the existence of the Prophet in the midst of people, it's not going to cure the souls, it's not It's not an automatic fix. But the laws are not going to guide you to Allah. Understanding and following the laws, I've always reflected on why does Surah Al-Nur go from these specific regulations to this extremely nuanced and sophisticated lesson about where God is and what God is because the laws by themselves like all law like all arguments about rules and regulations Without the spirit, without the soul, the laws are darkness. All laws, like every legal system in the world, without the animating spirit of enlightenment, the desire for justice, the desire for fairness, the desire to establish a principle higher than simple fulfillment of do and don't is darkness. God is saying to us you can study these laws all you want. You can sit there and you can study the laws about Slander, fornication, marriage, who you can have sex with, who you don't have sex with. But that is not God. That is not the Enlightenment. The Enlightenment is beyond the laws to reflect onto, reflect about the nature of the truth itself. There is a path to that light, and that's the example of the Prophet. But the example of the Prophet is not a legalistic example. As I said before, you want to understand the Prophet, you want to follow the example, don't talk about his marriages because his marriages were like all the other prophets, were decreed as a function of his prophecy. The the laws of the prophet's marriage are not generalizable to anyone else. Either the number of women he married or even his lifestyle, which is impossible to reproduce. But talk about his living example in terms of his love his dhikr, his salah, his his intimate relationship with Allah. And if you study the Prophet's, if you study the Prophet's dhikr, if you study his supplications, you find that the most salient thing about his supplications is he is consistently pleading with God for God's light and love. If you want, so when, in fact there is a hadith attributed to the Prophet where he is asked if he's ever seen Allah and he says, I've, I've seen light. Some of the most beautiful dua is the Prophet's dua for light to be transformed into but divine light in life before death. To understand to start building a relationship with light upon light which inspired an entire civilizational paradigm in Islam as I said from Islamic art to architecture to poetry to just an endless sea of inspiration start with your relationship and your longing for light in the heart and in the mind, in the heart and in the intellect and in the body. Make your light upon light, your light in earth and your light in the hereafter, the light of following the example of the Prophet's supplications and salah and prayer. and the example of following the journey of all the prophets from Ibrahim to Isa, Jesus, Moses, Muhammad. Don't talk to yourself and others about laws unless you invest at a minimum an equal amount of time, and in fact, if you really want to be just and fair, a far greater amount of time. But I'm just, you know, saying at a minimum, if in a, a fair amount of time, an equal amount of time, seeking out the light upon light, because as Allah tells us. If you do not have the light, if Allah doesn't grant you that light as an act of grace, and we know that Allah grants you the light depending on your own investment, in your own actions. The reason I say this is that in the age of media, I find so many Muslims spending so much time talking about history as if history can be objectively established history like reality is often a construct how we understand history depends on the sources you read and the credibility you give your sources and there are things in history that are lost and lost forever and no matter what we do in fact the history of something that happened a year ago is gone forever look at how busy courts are. The reason courts are so busy is that human beings cannot even agree about what happened a month ago A year ago people go before courts all the time presenting very different facts about the same events it's not because there's no, no reality there is a reality known to God but that's the nature of human beings history itself is a construct and so is law law doesn't just it's it's as incomplete at as every effort by human beings or any effort that goes through human beings even if decreed by god but because it's decreed to human beings then like history it's contingent it's dependent it's derivative For young Muslims to approach religion through history or law, it's as if you, come, you decide to get to know someone by introducing yourself to their rear end. An excuse. Me, <laughs> rather than their face. The face of Islam is the light upon light. Come to know and Islam here means the religion of the Prophet Ibrahim to the Prophet Muhammad Ibrahim who made you Ibrahim is the one that called us Muslims. Build your relationship with the light upon light. Plead with God for a light in your heart and in your mind and in your soul. For a light that surrounds you, a light in your family, a light in your home. Plead with God to be full of light so when you do meet the light, the light that you will meet upon your death, the light that you will meet in the hereafter, the light that are angels, the light that is the reality beyond the material reality that we live in, when you do meet this light, you are not derived of darkness because then that will be extremely anxiety-producing. When you are in this celestial state, being surrounded by the light of angels, the light of divine, the light of the pathways, the light of the barzakh, and your truth comes out as something dark, believe me, it is not the law that's going to make you luminous. And it's not an understanding of history that's going to make you luminous. It is only your relationship with the light upon light, with Allah, the light upon light, and the extent to which you built that relationship and invested in it. <speaking> in <Hebrew> ومن كان ميتا فاحييناه وجعلنا له نورا يمشي به بين الناس وجعلنا له نورا يمشي به في الناس كمن مثله في الظلمات ليس بخارج منها are the two equal the person who was dead and then we gave him life and bestowed upon him a light by which he is he or she is able to walk in the right way in the right path among people like the one who is blundering about in darkness and so will not come out of it. So we made the wrong, uh, the, uh, the and so uh, it is we human beings in our drifting away from light. It is as if a state of death. Like the cold universe, the closer we come to the source of energy, the source of life, the source of purity, what we innately know is good, and that is why we raise our heads to the sky and marvel at things that, from which we receive light. But from a state of non-existence and lack of consciousness, it's either from that state that you go to darkness and you will blunder about, back and forth being swayed one way or another one day you're up another day you're down one day you're confident another day you're insecure one day you're thrilled another day you are bummed out and depressed one day you're excited about a a crush or a promise another day you feel this unloved and rejected. One day you feel successful in your career and work, another day you feel like a loser and other people have exceeded you, blundering about, blundering about, there's no anchor. There's no anchor and the social affairs of this socially constructed reality becomes your only reality. And when it becomes your only reality, you're back and forth. You're like exactly those people that I started out, like all these kids that I find on social media. Whatever trends, whatever trends, even if it is the silliest thing and everyone is on it. Even if it is the most inopportune or or, uh, 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 inappropriate thing, back and forth. And I wonder for all the time that we spend with all the stuff that's trending, how much time has been invested in the light? in the one, the one and only. I am not talking about, I am not talking about simply doing salah or namaz or, I am not talking about physical acts. I am talking about when Allah tells us, "Wajjud waqtarim." when Allah tells us prostrate and come closer to me. I am talking about when the Prophet والسلام, told when a companion told the Prophet, I want to be with you in the hereafter. So the Prophet والسلام, said A'inni ala bi bikathratis A'inni ala bi Help help me, make sure that you're with me in the hereafter by prostrating frequently. You can do your required salah, your your five uh, prayers, but then take a deep breath, try to clear your mind as much as possible, and put your forehead before Allah in prostration and speak to Allah from the bottom and the depths of your heart and tell Allah, Allah, let me know how it feels to have your light, your light in my heart. I am tired of the blundering around in darkness, and I want you to walk me through the straight path. Let me understand what do you mean by light upon light? And what is the truth of the thing when we say light upon light? Let me feel in the truth of my soul, the truth of light upon light. Ultimately, let the relationship between my intellect, my soul, and my body be light upon light, like layers of light stacked one against another. In uh, Allahummaghfir lana.
1: Amen.
0: Allahumma 'af lana warhamna. Wa qarribna mink ya Allah ya ghafur ya wadud ya ali azim. Allah forgive us our sins. And help guide us. And help draw closer to you. And help us love you and be beloved by you. يا رب العالمين وافعنا وارحمنا آه. أنت غنى الصلاة أو الظالمين وأبرص الله.